Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about fatigue in athletes, minimalist shoes, and what I do when I scratch my head with someone with some odd neurological symptoms. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are here with another great episode. We got some great questions um, today. Lenny McCrina joining us again. No Dave. We need like catchphrases. Uh, no, uh, no Dave Tilly again. Dave is out of town teaching, so um, we'll have him uh, coming up soon on some future ones here. But more importantly, we have Nick and Evan, and that's all we need. We don't. We don't need Dave. Collectively known as Nevin. So, whoa. Whoa, hello. I like that. All right, we're going to do something again. I don't, we can't like, just take turns. Let's go paper, rock, scissors, see who okay. has a question. Right. You say paper, rock, scissors, or yeah, rock, rock, paper, scissors? Is it? Wow. Yeah, pretty sure. Rock, papers. Is it? Scissors, rock, paper. He just gave away right. his. Uh, there you go. To it. Rock, paper, scissors. What? What? Disqualified. Evan, you're up. (laughs) What was that? Somebody teach Nick how to play rock, paper, scissor, paper, rock. Um, What do we got, Evan? So, question number one is from Chris in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, crew. Occasionally, I'll have athletes come into the athletic training room who complain of fatigue in a muscle group, primarily shoulders and groins. Sometimes they have pain and sometimes not. Their main complaint is that they just feel like it it tires out very easily and it's always kind of tricky to figure out. Do you ever encounter athletes with similar symptoms? If so, how do you go about assessing and treating their fatigue? Nice. Okay. All right. So athletic trainer, right? Because he said athletic training. Yes. So he said that. Good. So he's getting some. Uh, he's getting some athletes that are coming to him with some fatigue. So okay, no biggie, right? So he's getting right. fatigue, shoulder, groin, those types of things. If you're an athletic trainer and you're getting athletes come in with fatigue, <laughs> I think that's very very well accepted in these these groups. Right. The, the especially in the collegiate level, all these levels. I mean, when you're balancing, you know, uh, you know, you're you're in the middle of finals week or. You know the season just started here. You know, to me, I think that's that's completely normal, and I think there's a like a whole nother realm of what we need to do with our athletes as as athletic trainers or rehab specialists or whatever it may be. It's not just getting them kind of you know back from an injury, but it's also about how do we get them fresh every day. So recovery is huge, and there's so many things you can do for recovery. But I think like understanding this and managing stress and managing fatigue, I think is kind of the, that's our next evolution that we started the last several years that we really want to dominate. The best way we can enhance our athletes now isn't going to be coming up with a fancy new exercise in the gym. It's going to be coming up with some way that they can get back to baseline faster and they can avoid that fatigue. So um, I don't know. Anything I think else? I think what jumps out at me. Uh, immediately is if you're seeing a lot of these then you need to look at their off-season program because if they are you're seeing like the team coming in beat down fatigued especially shoulder baseball or groin soccer for example or a running football team I think you got to look at the off-season program and why are they uh, fatiguing out you know as a collectively you know yeah, that, that's good so, so off-season probably also in-season 
And then this is where good communication with the coaching staff comes in. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe their their workloads are, are too high with all of this combined. So this is why we 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 always recommend everything like multidiscipline with the coaching staff, with the athletic trainers, the strength coaches. So you have to make sure everybody's building their program simultaneously, yeah. and that includes coaching in there. So you have to have an open-minded coaching uh, nutrition. System. I mean, it just yeah. goes on and on. So you know, put that together. I'd say that's normal. Easy but you said know, and done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what your athletes are doing at night. And, right. You know, I mean, I get it. Don't want to know. Nice. All right. What's next? Okay. Number two is from Daniel in Springfield, Virginia, and he wants to know squat shoes versus minimalist shoes for strength training. Okay. All right. So squat shoes versus minimalist shoes for strength training. Um, I, I I think that's like two different tools that would you, you would use for different things, right? Uh, squat shoes exist for a reason, right? I mean, it's it's a heel. I mean, it's kind of like a heel, so it kind of gets you up, so you can get a little deeper in the hole when you're squatting. So. Um, you know, that's one of the, you know, the, the advantages of having squat shoes in there. If you wore minimalist shoes to squat, um, you have to have a little bit more mobility to go deep. So it's a little more challenging, right? Everybody agree with me? So, you know, I think it depends on what you do. Like, so for me, um, I, I've, I'm never, I'm also not like, you know, you know, squatting as much as I can. But for me, I, I tend to squat with just my regular shoes because I just want to have my functional squat strength. But with deadlifting and hinge-based stuff, I do go either barefoot or a minimalist shoe because I want to be able to rock back more posteriorly. So that's how I would do that. But for me, I'm, I'm actually getting away from minimalist shoes personally a little bit more for, for training. I, I will do my warm-up in minimalist shoes. I'll do like like my damp, dynamic mobility, like some of my correctives, those types of things. Because I, I think some of those drills with some minimalist shoes are very helpful. But oftentimes, I'll, I will switch back to my other shoes for, for other reasons. I, I, I think we're using the minimalist too much. Um, you know, so running, like Lenny, you have any experience with people running in minimalist shoes? Um, some, I'm not, I don't treat a lot of many runners. I'll defer to Chris Johnson, maybe out in uh, <laughs> a uh, shout out. Yeah, uh, Pacific <laughs> West Coast. But um, I think we're seeing researches either way, you know, with, 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 with that. I think you're going to get a, a different stride, a different gait. Um, it depends on the person. I think it just comes down to how do they present in their examination? Can they get away with? a uh, minimalist versus a, um, a deeper heel and yeah know, I, I tend to go so, neutral with that so the research I think the popularity is completely decreased you know we're seeing far less people that are trying to run in Vibrams and stuff like that um, I, what it comes down to is, is yes the studies might be either way you might have some studies that show stride length changes but there's also some like what a stress fracture changes happen over right, time yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, so yeah. I think we're starting to see that, that you know there's it's very hard to run in minimalist shoes on pavement. I think that's kind of the thing. That's kind of why some of our shoes are. So, so I guess to answer your, your, your question, there are two different tools for two different reasons. So I don't think it's a yes, no. Um, it's a both somehow in how it applies to you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, what else? Number three, Katrina in Finland wants to know, can tight iliopsoas and or quadratus lumborum and or TFL be behind bilateral activity-induced strength deficit and burning sensation on the lateral thigh, peroneus area, and an inability to dorsiflex the ankle. Whoa. All I right. have to break this one down a little bit. Boom. Well, actually, I don't know if you do. I think the end just nailed it. All right. So <laughs> let me try to paraphrase. I'd like to paraphrase for both of us. So everything was jumping out at, yeah, soft tissue-y, muscle-y, you know, probably mechanical flaw, and then the lack Until of the, end. the, the, lack of the ability went, to dorsiflex oh. the ankle just screams <laughs> nervy. Um, yeah. And further examination of the lumbar spine and 
there, there is no good reason why you'll have you can have foot drop or lack of inability or no, maybe not lack so that would be ability, an extreme but yeah but lack weakness of, in dorsiflexion right. limitation in dorsiflexion yeah I mean there's no good yeah. no good reason why that'll that'll that would re- refer out for further examination yeah and I mean further testing the Bernie thing right there kind of I gotta you know I, I you know I started to scratch my head a yeah, little bit me. when you said burn <laughs> uh, but then you know I was still thinking sometimes people perceive burn a little different so that's just a term sometimes but when you when you bring up the inability to move something like that a joint like that you may have something neurological going on there um so that's definitely something i wouldn't say a tightness could do that that's super unusual mm-hmm. so um i would definitely that would be something i would probably refer out to and it sounds and, like all the other stuff is happening because of an underlying pathology exactly yeah maybe they're changing the way they're doing their activities and that's why they feel tight in these areas right. or or something along those yeah. lines so good what else student perspective you guys any other thoughts on that yeah. You guys are fresh in some yeah. of these neuro courses that Lenny and I haven't had in a while. I mean, right. you got to figure when you you start having I mean, weakness to your flux, so that's a true nerve root compression. I mean, you might you might see you know decreased reflexes and you know change of sensation. That's the point where it might be slight compression. You can conservatively work on that, but if you get to the point where you're getting compression, the nerve, the point where it's stop stopping your motor response, then I think that's a yeah, that's, that's a reason flat. for that's uh, a, that's a referral because it's not just weakness; it's inability to dorsiflex. Right? Yeah, right. That's, that's weird. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good point, though. I yeah, want to right. make sure I because I think you said it well that refer to get further examination, but I think conservative treatment is going to be one of the better ways. Yeah. I don't want like people to think that I refer out because we want to push it away from us. Right? No, no. We just need to further or understand what's going on, and then. <laughs> Yeah. And then we can uh, treat it appropriately, hopefully conservatively, because we know that nobody wants that back surgery. That's, that's <laughs> one of those ones, I call that the head scratcher. I don't know if we've talked about this. I talk about this a lot here. Is, is you know, we, we, you try to work on it, you try to do what you would normally do, but the second you scratch your head because something doesn't add up, we're missing something. Yeah. And, and you have to look deeper. And every time I do that, we find something. And that's, that, you, have to, you have to look deeper. When it doesn't add up, there's probably a reason why it's not adding up. So, awesome. All right, well, great question. Another good episode. Thanks so much. That's it, right? Three? Good, perfect. Thanks so much, guys. We appreciate everything again. Love the questions. Keep giving us some good ones. Any any question requests? What kind of questions do we want? Anything different? I don't know. They've been great. They've been all over the place. I like it. Yeah, keep giving us other ones. Anything you guys want to talk about, business, baseball, um, doing uh you know the not just fitness pt anything you know career advice where you know we're happy to to answer anything so um you know thanks for joining lenny and i and um, um we will see you guys on the next episode thanks so much take care thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have a question you'd like us to answer head to mike slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.